Welcome to the Emotioneering Podcast with me, Melissa Curran, founder and CEO of the Modern Mind Group. We're dedicated to improving your people skills so that you can have better relationships with others for a much more fulfilling life or career. People skills are not just a nice to have, they're a have to have. So when it comes to organizations as well, this really does impact the workplace and the results that you'll get from that. We're going to be delving into topics such as emotional intelligence, communication, leadership, workplace well-being, mental health, culture, and performance. I'm going to be answering your questions on all of these topics and sharing some insights from my career to help you move forward and definitely emotioneer a modern mindset. Make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel or on the Facebook page as well as LinkedIn. We look forward to connecting with you there. In this episode, we are going to be talking about knowing your emotions and the limbic system. Why are we talking about this? Well, have you, ask yourself, found it difficult to actually pinpoint what emotion you are actually feeling and then try to determine what is actually going on? Now, it's a skill. It is a skill to be able to pinpoint exactly what emotion you are feeling. And many, many people don't understand or aren't aware of how to look at the differences of what we're experiencing when we have these emotions. They can also be very, very close together. So what can happen is that we experience more than one at a time, which can become even more confusing. So what are the different emotions or different types of emotion? Well, first of all, there's sadness, right? Grief, loss, loneliness, hurt, or feeling powerless. So feelings of sadness, and and they can be associated with it. You then have this bad feeling. And what I mean is not like bad Michael Jackson bad. (laughs) It's the feeling of you're bored, or you're busy, or you're stressed, or you're tired, overwhelmed or underfocused or, or unfocused with what is going on but it's not that you're feeling sad or you're you're feeling other sort of um deeper feelings you just feel like eh, meh it's it's you know you're not feeling great you're not tip top maybe you're a four or a five out of ten right so that's this bad feeling then we have surprise surprise <laughs> right we can be surprised we can be startled We could be confused about someone's behavior, which can surprise us at times. We can be amazed. We can be shocked. And we can be fearful, right? So the next one is fearful. We can be scared or anxious or insecure or nervous, threatened or quite hesitant about what is actually going on. Then we can be happy, right? I hope many of us know what happiness is and and we can experience being happy even momentarily. Uh, Although I will talk about this in further podcast episodes, it's not something necessarily to chase. It is about, you know, finding that kind of mindset to be grateful, to be content, which is actually some of the words that I was going to use to talk about this happiness. It is being content. It is being playful, optimistic, loving, grateful, inspired, full of energy right? So that's this happiness feeling. And then there's anger. 
you know, really enraged. And it's not often that I can get angry, but when I do, wow, it feels completely different, right? We know what anger is at times, or, or we, we don't want to associate ourselves being an angry person. So maybe we tell ourselves that it isn't anger because we see anger as violence when actually anger is a feeling that we all go through. Frustration, aggressive, bitter, uh, critical, feeling let down, violated, jealous could even be put under this particular um, sort of uh, feeling and this emotion. And then what we've also got is disgusted, right? When we're, something's awful or we're repelled from it. We're like, oh, I can't look at that. That is disgusting, right? We're nauseated. Could also be embarrassed so that that makes us have this feeling of disgust, um, nauseated or judgmental. So those are the kind of overarching sort of umbrellas of emotions and what we go through. Trying to differentiate between the two can be difficult because they can sometimes, like I was saying earlier, really cross over each other. And I've been in many situations where that has happened. And I'll talk about that shortly. So many people do struggle to understand the difference between what they are feeling and being able to explain it or notice sort of patterns of what is going on. Notice when I talk about the different feelings and the different emotions that you can have, there's only one that's happy. So whilst we're all on this pursuit of happiness or we're all looking to, to find, you know, a, a happy sort of medium, a happy life, it's only one of the emotions that we feel. So often it's realistic to think that it's not, it, it, we're not going to be happy all of the time. There are going to be these other feelings and it's what we do with them and what we choose to do and the decisions we make and the behavior that we choose to do that can change how our emotions uh, are. And if we change our thoughts, we change our world right? So it all comes back to those thoughts. But it just in this episode, we're really more understanding about knowing these emotions and what they actually are, okay? So what I'm going to do next, I'm going to go on to talking about the limbic system. So where do they actually come from? Well, the limbic system is a cluster of organs that are basically in the center of the brain, right? It sits just below the cortex and above the brainstem. And it's a collection of structures that are associated with emotion, memory and basic instincts so it is vital that we have these basic instincts and we have the limbic system there to help us live to help us survive and when we look back to many many years ago hundreds of thousands of years ago when we walked this earth we would need much more of the basic instincts to survive to thrive to actually be alive so be mindful of that that is where these emotions can come up to trigger us to change our behavior but often they can sometimes not be aligned with what is going on because our brain <laughs> sometimes from remembering certain things uh, can trigger potentially the wrong emotion in in the circumstance so it can bring us to alert level alert level like 10 when actually that isn't something that we we do need to fear as much as maybe our brain is telling us at times, right? You only have to look at the last 12 months to see that maybe some of that has happened. So what is the function? So the function of the limbic system is memories, old memories. So it can store the old ones, store all those experiences. And then we've got the new ones. So it also collects all of the new ones for us. Learning, 
we've got processes you know it kind of processes this information and decides where to put it it's like should I put it in the long term should I put it in short-term memory what should I do with this and this is where learning and I do talk about as a learning and performance consultant I do talk about this a lot in order for it to stay in our long-term memory and for our limbic system to know where to store it it must have meaning to us right it must evoke some type of emotion for us to remember it so very interesting many people will say it's all about learning styles no it's actually about learning must have meaning and there's a great TED talk about it by Tersha Mershak uh, I'm not sure that I'm pronouncing her name correctly uh, but check it out because learning definitely must have meaning and then what we've got is you know fear right deep inside us deep rooted fear and anxiety and it is there part of the basic instincts to help us stay alive because many years ago of course there used to be these animals creatures that could spring out on us you know <laughs> while we were in our lives and you know could potentially attack us etc so this fear that we have and this anxiety to kind of spring into the fight or flight is basically part of our basic instincts and our survival Okay, and if we've experienced something or something very traumatic, again, the limbic system will remember this and it will hold it within our minds. Aggression, the same. So fear and aggression are deep rooted. So it's why we talk about the fight or the flight, right? The aggression is the fight. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to have that courage and, rah, you know, I'm, I'm like the Hulk. I'm going to, I'm going to stand up for what I believe in. You know, no one's going to stop me. Nothing's going to attack me. You know, David and Goliath situation. I am, I'm going to stand up to this. And that kind of aggression that we can have is also deep rooted. The flight, that's the fear get me the hell out of here. I do not want to be here, right? That is what, what, these, um, uh, what these sort of functions of the limbic system have. Appetite. The limbic system will tell us whether we want to eat or not. Very interesting. So if we're also, if you think about where fear and aggression come from and the amount of energy it takes when we experience those emotions, then it's also triggering our appetite. So we can also eat more when we're in those states right or or what or expend so much energy that we eat or binge afterwards but again I'm not going to go into that too much on this episode but it, it is something to think about and then also what the limbic system does is it looks at the higher mental activities that we have so more intuition or sensory thinking so we do have other senses uh, but it's it decides what to do with them or, or how to um, sort of perceive the information that it's receiving Okay, so that's what the limbic system does. Very important system within us as human beings. Okay, so if I look at function though a little bit further, well, it makes eating pleasurable, right? That's the outcome is it not only tells us uh, and controls our appetite, it tells us whether it's pleasurable or not. And kind of, yeah, nice. We remember, oh yeah, lovely steak at that particular restaurant, right? I remember having an amazing steak. I'd bought this Groupon voucher and we went to... Ireland I know a little bit going off topic but still and I remember that this steak was the best steak that I've ever ever had in this restaurant and it's associated with the holiday associated with a good feeling limbic system helps me remember that right and it was very pleasurable at the time but it also stores smells with the memories so smells bring on memories right if we remember someone's perfume like my grandmother's perfume or I remember the smell of sawdust because of my grandfather he was a carpenter and joiner and I love that smell but it's the only sense in um, that is controlled by the limbic system is the smell everything else is controlled by the thalamus so 
that is where these memories can be really connected to smells and it's it's how you know um, many people after grief or suffering grief will get uh t-shirts or clothes by a particular person maybe turned into cushions or or comforted by wearing somebody else's jumper right because it brings back those kind of memories but also it can remind us of things that we don't like and things that we may have experienced, something that we didn't maybe connect with. And they used to wear this very pungent sort of aftershave or this pungent sort of um, perfume. So, you know, it can also be stored and, and collected with the memories that weren't so great as well. Right. So it, it helps also with the sense of smell. OK, so it stores the new memories. And then you've also got when it comes to that, it's, it's looking at the different types um, of, of kind of episodic sort of hard drive memories so that it can also look at those it's fear conditioning so it will remember what you remember I was talking about that trauma so it'll also remember things that you've experienced so for myself when um, my dad collapsed of a heart attack and a stroke on that day that is the most scared and the most traumatic experience that I've been through to see him collapse go through you know and I know many other people that I've talked to have been through this you know also and I, I wouldn't wish it on anyone but my body remembers that and that is why I could be watching something so this has happened to me before I've watched Sons of Anarchy and it was quite an aggressive um, scene on Sons of Anarchy oh they're nice those bikers and on there there was an aggressive scene and all of a sudden it brought on a panic attack. I thought I was having an anaphylactic shock. It wasn't. It was it was a panic attack because for some reason that deep rooted trauma for when from when what happened with my dad, it just brought it on because of when he collapsed. So it can really trigger things because they, the fear conditioning then is is hard, is, is kind of hardwired and is, is built in. So they can I mean, that can be reversed. It can be helped through talk therapy, which I, I also went on a journey of. And also what can happen is by um, many people will do kind of uh, transformational uh, hypnotherapy now where you can go back to that particular moment and you can, you know, try and, and re-talk to your subconscious about what happened to attempt to change that. But it, it is really the limbic system that is controlling that. That it, I have no control over it when a panic attack starts to happen. And if you've experienced one, you will know that too. It just brings it on. And it's, it's understanding the triggers of when that happens and how to manage it okay uh, recognition so what your limbic system in terms of the function will also do is it will recall memories so it learns them in links patterns and and the knowledge so when I was talking about learning must have meaning it stores them in a certain way and there was a, a great study that was done on chess players when machine learning started where it was testing to see whether the computer was better at predicting chess moves than the human beings so it used all these kind of grandmaster chess uh, players and they asked them in this experiment showing them uh, sequences asked them to predict the next moves or the sequence that would follow and to see how successful they were when they used actual real examples of chess um, movements and, and gameplays then they were much more successful than when they showed them randomized uh, patterns because what had happened with the grandmasters had learned the patterns that were related to that particular gameplay so that they could predict what would happen next when they were randomized they had no meaning so therefore it was harder for them to be able to predict what was going to happen next and it, it wasn't really essentially a prediction it's just that they knew those patterns so they were able to recall them through their limbic system 
or not, as the case may be, when they were randomized. So these links and the, the memory and the knowledge is all stored in there. So thinking about those, you know, core emotions that we feel, knowing where they come from, the two that seem to really challenge us the most, as we know, are fear and aggression. Be mindful and be aware. The connection between those, like I was talking about earlier, are so connected because they come from the same place that we can often get extremely confused between the two. Someone can give uh, a slightly aggressive or defensive response when actually they are, they're just, they're scared, right? It is deep rooted in this kind of fear or this uh, situation that that we're experiencing. So, So be mindful of that. And I'll explain it. You know, when we look at tears and the tears that we have, you know, at the moment, we're the only um, species that that have the capacity to cry. Right. But we will cry when we're angry and we can also cry when we're scared. We can also cry when we are experiencing something that's extremely happy or joyful. So the body can get a little bit confused when it comes to those particular emotions that we have. Okay. Think about it like this as well when it comes to to smells that I was talking about is the body, again, it all comes down to this protection and looking after you. And this is what the body is there to do. It's there to help you survive and not necessarily thrive. So it won't want you to eat something that doesn't smell nice, right? It doesn't want you to die of poisoning. So if, if something's gone off or like sour milk, it's like, oh, let me spit that back out because the body, again, just wants to protect and, and gives you that mechanism of disgust. So that is what is going on when we are experiencing these emotions. Okay. I hope you're enjoying this episode and kind of digging in a little bit deeper into this. So how can we help ourselves to know these emotions and know what is happening to us? Well, the first thing that you can do to kind of recognize the patterns of what is going on is that you can start journaling them and or or having a diary entry when you have a very intense emotion whichever it may be out of the the ones that I obviously discussed the seven different areas I mean again you may describe it as nervousness instead of fearful or you know the the anger instead of being upset right whatever they are start to pinpoint what happens write down how intense it feels on a scale of one to ten and what happened in that particular instance for you to experience what you were experiencing because even if you you may have associated it with a different emotion you can then use that potentially to move into a realm of talk therapy or to show somebody a pattern and say hey can you have a look at this with me this is what is this is what has actually been happening for me so look for the patterns look for the triggers and the things that may be coming up time and time again, often it will be because of social situations that we're in or interactions with other people where it can bring up these emotions. Because remember, the meaning of life, ultimately, for many of us and the motivation that we want is we want great relationships with people. We want to be able to create meaningful relationships that are long lasting and some people will say, well, you know, you don't have to people, please. Well, but, but part of who we are as human beings is that we do want to feel part of something. We do want to feel part of the tribe. And therefore, these emotions can be kicked off with the interactions that we have with others. Although we can train them, we can help ourselves to become more aware, to be more reflective so that we can move ourselves into more of the 
the happier, more content feelings. Um, like I said, we're not in the pursuit of it. We do want to feel a lot more positive, a lot more optimistic about things, but it's understanding that we will go through these, but understanding what we're doing in our lives and the situations that we're putting ourselves into uh, that can be bringing these about so that we can start to move forward in our emotional intelligence. Talk therapy. I did mention it just now, but it will help you to talk through your thoughts and behaviours because when they're in your head, they're bumbling around and you can't really put your finger on what's going on. When we start to talk to somebody else, they come out, right? And But they don't come out as if you've been in an, an agenda as part of a meeting. They will come out all jumbled up all over the place. So a counsellor's role is there to summarise back to you what you're saying. To say, So, for example, I would use a sentence such as this. So from what you're telling me, I understand that this happened, this happened, and this happened, which made you feel frustrated which made you feel angry. Yes, what part of that potentially made you feel angry? And then you can start to, to dig a little bit deeper. So be mindful of that. We do, They don't come out in order. <laughs> it's not an agenda where you just tick them all off. Uh, when we're talking about our emotions and our feelings and our thoughts, they do come up jumbled all over the place. So again, get it or get, if you can't talk to anyone, there isn't someone you can talk to, get a blank piece of paper and start to write down what is going on. And then it becomes a little bit more rational. We start to understand things a little bit clearer as soon as we see pen to paper or we've started to verbalize them to somebody else. Okay, someone that you trust and someone that can uh, give you that counsel, um, not just an opinion to really be able to, to guide you um, and to, to listen to what you're talking about. Thanks for listening to the Emotioneering Podcast with me, Melissa Curran, today. It's been great. Remember to subscribe to Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, or all three. You can also come to the website, modernmindgroup.com, where you can subscribe there, stay in contact, and let us know what you really think. Give us the feedback. This is going to get better by knowing what you think. Uh, has this given you food for thought? Has it helped you change something? What has it inspired? Let us know because that's why we're doing it. It's all about the people, people, people. <laughs> Have a great day and ciao for now.